This morning we thought about the blindness and deafness and hardness of heart of those uh, Jewish leaders who rejected Jesus in his own day and how John thought about that in terms that Isaiah had written of far earlier. So we want to meditate on that theme tonight in Isaiah 42:19. If you'll turn there with me in your Bibles, Isaiah 42, verse 19. We'll read verses 18 to 20. Hear you deaf, and look you blind, that you may see. Who is blind but my servant, or deaf as my messenger whom I send? Who is blind as my dedicated one, or blind as the servant of the Lord? He sees many things, but does not observe them. His ears are open, but he does not hear. I want to meditate on a few aspects of our sin and what God's servant has done about it. So first, our sin grieves our God. Our sin grieves our God. The tone of our verse is shock. It's as if God can hardly believe his own eyes. He's pointing out this sad paradox, the inconsistency between what should be and what is. Who among all the people of the earth should have been able to see and hear God for who he is? Israel, my servant, my people. God had revealed his power to them in the Exodus. He had revealed his righteousness to them in the law. He had revealed his mercy to them in the sacrifices. He had shown them his generosity in the kingdom under Solomon and David. And yet of all people, God says, it is my own servant who cannot see what it is I'm telling him to do. Of all people, my own messenger cannot hear what I'm telling him to say. Yet even now, when God is bringing other nations to correct them, to discipline them, to punish them, to wake them up from their sinning, they don't get it. And they don't take his discipline to heart. Verse 25, so he poured on them the heat of his anger and the might of his battle, set them on fire all around, but he did not understand. It burned him up, but he did not take it to heart. So God grieves the tragedy of our sin and what it does to our relationship with him. It's as if he's saying, who is this servant that can't hear his master? Who's this servant who cannot serve? It's my servant. It's mine. That the all-seeing, all-hearing, all-knowing, the only God who sees and hears and knows, has a servant who has sinned himself, deaf and blind. And you see in God's grief, his urgent love and concern for his wayward servant. His grief over our sins should break our hearts. That's what should break our hearts about our sins, that God grieves them. 
I mean, we look at this and we think, yeah, this is awful. Israel, of all people, should have known. But one of the things we should see here is how we matter to God, how our sins matter to God. Look at how he has taken us into his household, given us the privilege of serving his majesty, proclaiming his message, and how have we repaid him? Often we repay him with rebellion. And he takes it personally. He grieves it. So our sins grieve our God. And our sins ruin our senses. It's the second thing we need to see about them. Our sins ruin our senses. We think sinning is going to open our eyes and expand all our options. But that's the great lie. Knowing sin is prohibitively expensive. It's not a deal. Because it costs us the knowledge of God. It closes our eyes to the things of God. Makes us blind and deaf. It ruins our vision of God and reality, and even of ourselves. Distorts our perspective, blurs our perception, drowns out God's voice with the demands of our own appetites and sins, calluses our conscience, it impairs our judgment about the meaning of God's word, and even impairs our judgment of the meaning of his providence in our lives. Because, of course, the more we sin, the more we want to excuse and justify our sins. And because our sins ruin our senses, our sins also disable us for service to God. That's the third thing. Our sins disable us for service. Blind servant can't see in order to serve. Deaf messenger can't hear in order to relay the message. It's a contradiction in terms. So what is God to do with a blind servant, a deaf messenger? Well, in this case, he has to send a better servant. A servant that does see, a servant that will hear. And that servant is going to atone for our sins and restore our senses to us so that we can serve our God again with obedience and diligence. God's servant atones for our sins. It's the fourth thing we need to see here. God's servant atones for our sins. Exile alone was not going to be able to fix what was wrong with Israel. Exile doesn't fix blindness. More law is not the solution to the sin of God's servants. He has to send a better servant. So he sent his own son, and his son kept himself sinless. His son only did what he saw his father doing, only said what he heard his father saying, and his sinless servant son suffered the penalty for our sins, which was God's own righteous and judicial anger. And that sacrifice covered our guilt. When Jesus rose from the dead, he rose to new life, And so we who trust him live in his new life now. And he lives his new life in us. And that new life is what restores our senses for God's service by sending his spirit into our hearts to give us new eyes to see and new ears to hear, new hearts to understand and obey him. So our sins grieve our God. Our sins ruin our senses. Our sins disable us for service. God's servant atones for our sins and God's servant also restores our senses for his service. So, Christian, you can hear God's word. You can see to serve him. You are born again to eternal life. That's what we trust, bringing you into the membership of the church. 
You're awake to the things of God, aware of His holiness and mercy. You're interested in His Word. You understand it when it's preached to you. That new life, that new sight, new hearing, new energy, that's not to be wasted or buried. It's to be used. You are forgiven in order to forgive others. You are loved in order to love others. You see in order to serve. You hear in order to speak. You live in order to lay down your life for the eternal good of others. The local church is the place God wants us to use as the base of operations for doing the one another's of the Christian life, for serving and speaking in ways that build up other Christians, in ways that call non-Christians to trust in Jesus. That's what God intends for us together. That's your calling together with us. It's our calling to be a corporate servant of God in the mold of Jesus as a church. And now it's our calling to call other deaf and blind sinners to see and hear. God's been so patient in calling us while we were deaf. We're now God's servants, Christ's witnesses. Jesus has opened our eyes to see him as the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And he opened our ears to hear the gospel of grace. So let's put all that grace to good use. Let's pray that God would enable us to maximize it. Let's keep growing together in our knowledge of Scripture as it testifies to Jesus. The more we gather together under God's Word, the more we learn how to initiate and sustain Christ-centered conversations together. That's all the more we are investing in multiplying the talent of understanding that God has given us. What do we do with our newfound sight? We keep looking at Christ together in Scripture. We keep looking to Christ together in prayer for his blessing on the ministry of the church, on our personal evangelism and disciple-making. What do we do with our newfound sense of hearing? We keep listening to the message and implications of the gospel for our lives. And then as faithful messengers, we speak that message to those around us who still need to hear it. So God has healed our blindness and deafness to him, The great danger now is to neglect or misuse our newfound senses. And that would be a shame. That would be a waste. Friends, God will hold us accountable for what we do with the spiritual senses he has restored to us. Jesus has commissioned us to make disciples, to baptize them, to teach them. We're called to speak the message to others that can restore their sight and renew their hearing. But of course that means... That we are saying to them what God was saying to Israel in Isaiah 42. Hear you deaf and look you blind that you may see. That's what we're doing when we're doing evangelism. That's what we're doing when we're preaching to unconverted souls. We're saying, look blind person, listen deaf person. That kind of ministry, calling out to deaf people, waving down blind people, that takes patience. It takes diligence, it takes kindness, it takes godliness. And it takes nothing less than the Spirit of God doing the work of God through the people of God. It would be a shame if God restored our sight and hearing only for us to remain blind to our responsibility to use our senses to help others recover their senses. 
At some point, every Christian has to realize that the church is not here just for you and me. You and the church are here for others. You see so that you can help others see. You hear so that you can speak the message that you've heard. So what will you do with what you have seen and heard? Let's pray. Father, we confess that we have often overlooked and misused or squandered opportunities to speak your gospel to people who need to hear it. We have not always made ourselves available for relationship and friendship with people who are still considering the claims of Christ or who are still rejecting them. So we pray, make us better stewards of the sight and hearing that you have given us. Help us to use our sight to testify to what we have seen. Help us to use these senses that you have given us to help other people recover their sensibilities to your truth and to your love. For Jesus' sake we pray. Amen.